Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, save the Lord. Like It Is Radio Show. Good to have you with us tonight. We are broadcasting live from the studios of KDIX AM station in 
Dickinson, North Dakota. And we are coming to you live. Uh, of course, if you're in Dickinson, you know that. Uh, you listen to this program on, on the, um, right on your radio. And then for the rest of you that are listening on the internet, we come on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2 and also on KDIX, their website, which is KDIX.net. If you are listening tonight, I would love you to text me 701-290-7862. We've got Abe in the studio. The, um, he's got his guitar here, so he may, may do some playing, some singing. And, um, if his agent will let him, hopefully, hopefully his agent will let him do that. We've got, uh, people listening already. The Torres' family's listening. We've got Lori from Southart, Brother Griffith from Great Falls, Montana, Kathy from Texas, or she's not from Texas. She's just in Texas. Um, but we've got, uh, let's see who else we got listening tonight. Um, Sarita just popped in. Good to have her listening. Tonight, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And I have to say Dickinson, North Dakota, because my friend of mine tells me that if I just say Dickinson, that nobody knows that is listening other places that were in North Dakota. The church that I pastor is located at 501 Elks Drive, which is right on the interstate. Um, in fact, had another visitor there today, uh, several visitors today, another visitor. I said, how did you... His name was Tom. I said, how'd you find us, Tom? He said, saw the sign on the interstate. And uh, it's amazing how many people see our church. we got this giant sign that uh, faces Interstate 94, and we're right on the interstate. I, I couldn't have asked for a better location for a church. We bought the top portion of the Elks building there, our church did, and it's an 18,000-square-foot facility with a really nice parking lot. And just, I mean, we just... We're still kind of stunned that we are in this place. We've been having services there since the middle of February of this year, 2018, and it looks like that we have our building. It sounds like it's supposed to be sold. Hey, I've got uh, Gunner listening today from Harvey. Gunner, I I wanted to see you in Minot, and I didn't see you. The um, we've got some Willis's listening. Uh, they are, we've got uh, Sierra and Nathaniel listening from Arkansas, and um, just other people, Zach and Leah listening from West Fargo. So I'm just kind of looking at my texts. You can be part of this program tonight, 701-290-7862. Now, I don't want to goof around too much because we've got, we've got some, um, some guitar playing that's going to happen during this program by my grandson, Abe Simons, but also... The uh, it's going to be a, a program that is not going to be for the uh, oh I don't know how to say this up uh, I think this program is going to make sense in fact I I really believe it will but it's not going to make sense to religious people <laughs> like uh, it's not going to make a lot of sense to people that that call themselves Christians but don't read their Bibles it's not going to make sense to you but I I still want you to tune in and listen. There is a chance that this program is going to make some people upset, but I guess, oh well. Let me start here in First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17, and that is not my intent to do this on purpose, but First Peter four seventeen and 18, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of, be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly 
and sinner appear. The name of the broadcast tonight is The Privilege of Being Judged. The Privilege of Being Judged. When we come to God, we receive the benefit of being judged. And so tonight, you better change your attitude because part become because becoming part of God's church means that you will be judged. This isn't going to go well with the religious people tonight. This isn't going to go, um, it may not, it really may not. But the Christian world is appalled by anyone who would dare to suggest that people who are acting in ways that are unchristian are not Christian. <laughs> Let me just say that again. The Christian world is appalled by anyone who would dare suggest that people who are acting in unchristian ways are not Christians. You know, if you're going to a church that does not practice biblical judgment, and that's what I'm talking about on the program tonight, you need to get out, you need to get your family out as fast as you can. Because biblical judgment is the way that we get better. It's the way that our life begins to become more holy, more like God. Now, when you go to a counselor, the um, you know, like like let's say you're having family problems, and there's some counselors here in Dickinson, North Dakota. You go to the counselor. You go to the counselor. You pay money because you want help. You I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you go to a counselor, or you go to a psychologist, or you go to a therapist. You are paying somebody to judge you. Please judge me. I want to get better. That's what you're doing. And But when people come to God, they think it's supposed to be different than that. But coming to God is no different than that at all. Coming to God, we come to God with this attitude, help me God, teach me God, show me God. I want to get better. I want to become more like you. I want to be like what pleases you, God. So it's very, very interesting tonight that people would think that judgment should not be part of what God's kingdom is about. In fact, if you think that, the scripture I read to start in 1 Peter 4.17 goes contrary to your thinking. It says the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. When you come to God and you come and and you start to want to be part of God's church, that's when judgment starts. My pastor, who has passed away now, but my pastor used to say, how can people even repent unless they know they're sinners? And how could they know they're sinners unless somebody told them what sin is? How can we have true repentance in our life if we don't even know what displeases God? So let me just tell you straight out, start just to start this program. I got it, my my phone is getting like lots of texts right now. Hopefully they're all friendly. But one of the goals that I have as a pastor is to get a group of people to heaven. Now, one of my goals I have as a radio talk show guy is trying to get people to want to go to heaven. That's one of my goals. And one of my goals of going up to the jail and to the different outreaches that we do is that I want people 
to know about God, to know about Jesus. I don't go to the jail to judge anybody. And I don't do a radio broadcast to really judge anybody. But if you come to the New Life Pentecostal Church, be ready for judgment. Because that's part of what the Bible teaches. Judgment must begin at the house of God. If you if you understand what 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18 is saying, <coughs> that the righteous will scarcely be saved, but the ungodly and sinner won't be saved. The ungodly and the sinner don't need any judgment. All they need is the love of God. That's all they need. That's what needs to be extended to them. That's what needs to be promoted to them. The love of God. The mercy of God. Come to God. Cast your cares upon the Lord. Come on. Let's go. But once you come to God, that's when judgment begins. That's what the Bible means. It says when it says iron sharpeneth iron. That's one of the goals of our church is that we could become stronger, better, that we will start living in a new way. We're going to start learning the ways of God. Just because you receive the Holy Spirit in your life doesn't mean that you don't need judgment. You need judgment from the Word of God. I may say this several times. And you also need judgment from ministry. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do you want to get better? Do you want victory in your life? Do you want to go to heaven? If you say yes to those questions, I'm telling you, you're not going to get any of those things without judgment that begins at the house of God. Now, I want to just say this um, before um, before I get too far. And I, I said it earlier, I alluded to it earlier, but it's not my... People that are not doing right do not need a judge. It's the people that want to do right that need a judge. The people that are not doing right that don't care, they don't need a judge. Now, God will be their judge someday. And that's where I'm going to leave that because that's his job. That's not my job. My job is not to judge the people that aren't living for God. My job is not to judge the people that are not caring if they're right with God or they're not Christians. That's not my job. Let me let me say it like this. If I, I I'm not really into sports. I don't know anything about it anymore. I used to be really big time into it. I, in fact, I went to college on athletic scholarships, and so I was. Sports were a big part of my life when I was younger. But if a football, a pro football team, a pro football teams do not discuss if Pastor Bob is a good football player or not, like the Minnesota Vikings don't have meetings criticizing Pastor Bob's football skills, do they? You know why? Because I'm not on the team. They don't judge they don't judge this sixty year old man and say, well he probably's too fat to run that fast or or you know, he's gonna break in half if somebody runs into him. They don't spend any time, Abe, uh at the uh Baltimore Ravens. They don't spend any time trying to decide whether I'd be a good football player or not. They don't care because I'm not on the team. Don't even know how to get on the team. But once you're on the team, that's when we're going to work with each other to get us all tuned up so we can win this game. Isn't that right? I mean, is that simple or what? You, you, There is... 
if you're not on the team, there's no judgment. You're not even on the team. You don't even know the rules to the game. But once, I guarantee you, the Minnesota Vikings judge each other all the time. That's what they do in practices. They say, let's do it this, you could do this better, you could do this faster, try this, try that. That's why they hire coaches, I'm sure. Because they're trying to win a football game. We're wanting a group of people to get to heaven. We want a team of people to go to heaven. Now, the good news is God wants you on the team. He wants you on the team. He really does. But until you're on the team, the judgment that God has for his people will not apply to you. Because it doesn't matter how you're living if you're lost. If you're not right with God, if you haven't obeyed the plan of salvation that's found in Acts 2.38, it doesn't matter how you're living. Now, if you live by the rules of God, you're going to have a better life. But what if you live by the rules of God and died and went to hell? What good would that do you? Let me just say this. in. Uh, let me read in 1 Corinthians 5, verses 9 through 13. Let me just give you a little backdrop on this story. There was a man that was said he was a member of this Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. But this man was living openly in fornication. This is having sexual, um, he was committing sexual sin, but he claimed to be a brother. And this is what Paul said about this man, 1 Corinthians 5 and 9. He said, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to keep company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters. For then you must needs go out of the world. Paul was saying, I wasn't telling you not to keep company with the people that are not calling themselves Christians <coughs> that are fornicators. Notice what he says in verse 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or a, an extortioner, with such a one know not to eat. And then he goes on in verse 12 to say, For what have I to do to judge them that are without? Do you not judge them that are within? But them that are without, in other words, the people that are not calling themselves Christians, he said, them that are without, God judgeth. I want you to understand this. This is not my job. It's not anybody's job outside of God to judge the people that don't know God. That's why That's why um, there are, you know, there, there's a completely different set of rules the way that we treat people that don't know Jesus and the way we treat people that say they do. It's completely different. Is this making any sense tonight? But let me just say this before Abe plays a song on our playlist. The good news, oh, go ahead, you can play a song with your guitar too if you want to do that right now. The good news is that God wants all of us to be on his team. That's the good news. And even the better news is that he's going to help us through judgment to become better. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Text me tonight, 
When I get older in the Lord, they say that I'll slow down and that I'll get set in my ways. They say that I'll get mellow and I won't really praise, but I'll learn how to fit into that Pentecostal place. But Lord, if there's one thing I don't want to do Is to be just another person In just another pew And when I get older Don't let me get colder When I get older I want to get bolder Lord, when I grow up, I still want to worship, I still want to worship you. Lord, you gave me friends, you gave me a family, it's something that I never, I never really had before. Gave me a music and a ministry And I'm thankful, I'm thankful to you, Lord But it doesn't matter what I've become Just don't let me forget where you brought me from When I get older, don't let me get colder When I get older, I want to get bolder Lord, when I grow up, I still want to worship I still want to worship you I want to stand on my feet I want to lift up my hands I want to get lost in love in you And it doesn't matter If nobody else understands Because Lord I know what You brought me through When I get older in the Lord, they say that I'll slow down and that I'll get set in my ways. They say that I'll get mellow and I won't really praise, but I'll learn how to fit into that Pentecostal place. Lord, if there's one thing I don't want to do is to be just another person in just another pew. When I get older, don't let me get colder. When I get older, 
I want to get bolder. Lord, when I grow up, I still want to worship. I still want to worship you. When I get older, don't let me get colder. When I get older, I want to get bolder. Lord, when I grow up, I still want to worship. I still want to worship you. That was Abe Simon singing live. And that's an old Lance Appleton song, one of my favorites, actually. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. And we um, thank you so much, everybody, for texting. And um, we've got Grandma Simons listening in Minneapolis, taking care of some of my grandkids. I've got a sick grandbaby down there named Barbie, and certainly be in prayer for her. But uh, my wife is down there taking care of those kids, and she wanted to hear that grandson sing. And so we did that. And just hello to everybody. I got some really good texts tonight. Uh, we've got, we've got, uh, sh- just g- going to greet some people. Shane and Casey Jackson listening. Uh, Shane's mom, Wanda, is listening somewhere out in Montana, I believe. And, um, we've got, uh, the, um, Ben Yoder's listening in the Minneapolis airport tonight. Good to have him. The, uh, just um, the Lunas are eating ice cream and listening down in Wapaton today. I've got some Woodses listening up in Beulah. Uh, just uh, some people are texting me some pretty neat stuff. Brother Griffith, our, our uh, online theologian, is uh, texted me James chapter 122 to go along with this broadcast. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And he says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. Absolutely. Uh, there's very, there, there's a graduating scale. The more you get to know God, the more He begins to fine tune you. And uh, the uh, uh, brother Doug is going to, in fact, this brother Doug from lives up by the the Garrison Dam, Lake Sakakawea. Uh, if everything goes right, he's going to be on this program giving his testimony here in the prob- hopefully the near future. But he texted me, what a perfect scripture, Brother Doug, for this topic tonight. John twelve forty eight. He that rejecteth me, Jesus said, and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. And the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Um, this, uh, so there is, a, there is a, uh, a lot of scripture that go along with what I'm talking about. Tonight I'm talking about the privilege of... Of being judged. If you're just tuning in, you can be part of this program by texting me 701-290-7862, like many, many of you are tonight, and I really appreciate that you're listening. And you could be listening here live on KDIX AM radio. You could be listening live on Holy Ghost Radio. And uh, of course, down the road, this will be podcasted on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2, so it is recorded that way too if you ever wanted to hear it again. But we're talking about that God, that that judgment begins at the house of God. Paul said in First Corinthians five, we don't judge the people that are not that are outside the church. That's that's up to God, that's up to Him. But what where judgment begins, it begins with our life. 
And and as as uh, I'm just trying to think who texted me this, I, I it's hard for me to go through all these things. But um, uh, brother, um, I think it was oh, it's 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 uh, the, the brother from uh, Morgantown, Kentucky, that um, br- brother Roland is listening down there, and he said, "Wait, what? This is so fitting." He said, "This if a person lives right, judgment is welcome. If they are not living right, it is not welcome." Just think about that. Think about what he said there. If a person lives right, judgment is welcome. Like, I'm telling you, Pastor Bob does not want to wait until the final judgment to find out whether I'm right with God or not. See, some of you have got a bad attitude. Now, here again, if you're listening to this program and you don't know anything about Jesus, I'm not not judging you here tonight. That's not my intention. But if you think that you are living for Jesus... We need judgment in our life. You know, our text, it says judgment must begin at the house of God. When we come to God, we start to allow the word of God and God's church to judge us so that we will become the way we should be. I'm trying to talk in the most gentle tone that I can. Usually I probably talk like I'm abrasive, but I'm trying to sound like super kind, super nice, Because this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Just like like, uh, uh, anybody that critiques a sports figure, somebody texted me, I think he's the mayor from Leffer, texted me tonight and said he must be watching a game. I mentioned the Minnesota Vikings. He said they could use me tonight. (laughs) He said they're losing. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't be much of a player for them, but they're not judging me because I'm not on their team. Now, I guarantee you, if they're losing, their coach is judging them. He'll, they'll find out at practice Monday morning what they did wrong. But this, this, all of the scripture, everything that people get so angry about, they've got to understand God is doing things to help us. He's doing things for our benefit. Like, like for instance, uh, we look at scriptures like 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. It says this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to explain what that means. He said, Don't be deceived, neither fornicators. These, these are people that are having sex uh, with someone that is not their spouse. Neither fornicators, or idolaters, or adulterers, or effeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind. That's homosexuality. Thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners shall not, shall they, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you know who this was written to? This was not written to non or unchristians, non Christians. This was not written to unbelievers. This was written to Christians. Do you know why? Because God wanted us to know what we could avoid so we can go to heaven. He said people that do these things are not going to heaven. In fact, like for instance, somebody that is an adulterer, they're not going to heaven. They're, they're, having, they're a married person having relations with somebody else besides their spouse. Or a drunkard is not going to heaven. Why do you think he wrote this to Christians? Because it's an open book test. 
He wants us, he wants judgment to start, you know, like when a person comes to God, for instance, when a person comes to God and repents of their sin, does that mean they know everything that God expects of them? No. What if a, what if a person that's a bad drinker uh, heard a gospel message about repentance and baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost, but he didn't know drinking was wrong? And so he comes to God. And he asks God for forgiveness. And, and, and he gets baptized in Jesus' name. and gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And he continues drinking. He'll come to the New Life Pentecostal Church and he'll hear Pastor Bob say, Christians shouldn't be drinking. That's judgment. And without it, we're not going to make it. You see, the reason this list of sins is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 9 and 10, and there's another list that's mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. In fact, that list, which is similar to the other list, says that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. See, God's saying that because he wants you, he wants his church to go to heaven. Just because you come to God doesn't mean you know what you're supposed to be doing. The the letters, uh, the I read out of 1 Corinthians, I read out of Galatians, these were not written to just your average Joes. These letters were written to people that were Christians. Why? Because God wanted them to know how to successfully live for him. Now, let me, I can't leave 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 without reading verse 11, because Paul went on to say, and such were some of you. He said that some of you used to be adulterers, drunkards, thieves, extortioners. He said some of you used to be, some of you Corinthians used to be that, but you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's what Peter was talking about in Acts 2.38. He said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. You see, the reason sin is named in the New Testament letters is so that we would know to avoid it. Is this making sense to anybody out there? You know, the uh, I got people texting me a lot, a lot of people tonight. I've, I've got some really good texts here tonight that are just going right along with this program. When I talk about judgment beginning at the house of God, this is a good thing. So I don't want to go to church. They'll judge me. I'd rather go to church and have them judge me than stand before God and have him judge me and end up on the wrong side of God. You know, um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. I'm going to read a little bit of this. And um, it says, this is what it says. It says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, or the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Verse 6, Hebrews 12, 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, or disciplines, and he scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as dealeth with you as with sons. 
For what son is he who the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then, I'm going to read it this way, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us or disciplined us after their own pleasure, like they disciplined you the way they saw fit. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening or discipline for the present seems to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So what this is saying in Hebrews 12 is that God will discipline his children. And if you're not being disciplined by God, you're not one of his children. Discipline me, God. And let me ask you this question. What does it mean to be corrected by the Lord? What does it mean? See, the people that say, oh, there shouldn't be any judgment in the house of God, they they eliminate probably 30% of the New Testament. Like, I just read you, uh, I mean, I mean, there, 1 Corinthians 5, where... where, where Paul told these people, he said, I don't judge the people in the world. We judge the people that are in the church. Hebrews chapter 12, he said that God disciplines his sons and his daughters. God doesn't discipline anybody else. Just his sons and his daughters. What? Let me ask you this question. I, I started out to, what does it mean to be disciplined by the Lord? How does he do it? Does he spank you? No. How does God discipline his children? I'll tell you how God disciplines his children. He uses his word. He could use a pastor. He could use his church. And none of these things are meant to discipline those that are not saved. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. I've got... uh, I've got a, um, I've got some texts I want to read to maybe add to the program. I'm going to have um, Abe play a song off our song list. List. This is uh, you can text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two or email me Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. Make me whole again, renew me, bless my soul again, renew me, and touch me with holy hands, refill me with your spirit again, refresh me. Like a soul, summer rain, renew me, Lord, renew me, remake me to be more like you, reassure me like you always do. 
was Greg McCool, Pentecostal preacher and singer, a great guitar player. Uh, we've got some of his music on our playlist, and uh, just really, really good. Uh, thanks, everybody, for all the input I'm getting tonight. We're talking about the privilege of being judged, because being judged means you're part of God's team. I've got a, a friend of mine, a young man who owns a business in West Fargo, that texted me, and this is what he said. From a business standpoint, I have the toughest judging conversations 
with my best employees because I want them to be the best, and judging them is the only way they will get even better. They appreciate the tough judging conversations because it tells them I still believe and care about them. I don't bother with people that don't care or don't want to be judged. They eventually leave or or let go. I also don't bother judging other companies' employees. (laughs) Exactly. It's not my job. It's not my job to judge people that, that aren't trying to serve Jesus. It's not my job. In fact, as a pastor, it's only my job to judge people that want me to judge them. Being a pastor, you know, let me just say this. What I, you know what I love about preaching and what I, even what I'm doing right at this moment? Is that I'm just talking. I don't know who I'm talking to. You could be as mad as a hornet. Or you could be just oblivious to that I'm talking about you. Or you could be very happy because you're saying, God, judge me because I want to go to heaven. See, but the, what I love about preaching is it really is up to you whether you're going to apply the judgment to yourself or not. Paul was talking in 1 Corinthians 11.31, and he said this. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but taking communion, if you're not right with God, if you're a hypocrite, is very dangerous, according to what Paul said. In 1 Corinthians 11, he said, some of you that take communion and you're not right with God, he said, that's why some people are sick or even dead among you. Wow. But this is what he said in 1 Corinthians 11.31. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. The beauty of preaching is, and the beauty of reading the Word of God is, and hearing the Word of God is, you read it, you hear it, and then you judge yourself by it. In other words, if the shoe fits, wear it. Like, if you're living with somebody that you're not married to, and I don't even know who I'm talking to, but if that's you, and you say, now if you're not a Christian, do whatever you want. This is a free country. This is America. But if you're calling yourself a Christian, many years ago, I met a lady that was talking, I was talking to her, my wife and I, and she was telling me how much she loved Jesus. She was very, very religious. She, t- she Oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. She was just telling me over and over and over. And then she began to tell me about her live-in boyfriend that she wasn't married with, married to. And I said, I asked her, I said, so you mean you used to love Jesus or you used to have a walk with Jesus? Oh, no, I love Jesus. And I was, really, I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. You see, I don't know about you, But I don't want to think I love Jesus and find out that I'm not right with him. There are so many verses in the Bible that talk about this. Matthew 7, 13. Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Okay, Jesus said this. He said that there was a bunch of people going to hell and a few people going to heaven. Now, that's relatively a few. There's still going to be a lots going to heaven. 
Jesus said this. I didn't say this, you guys. It's in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. Doesn't matter if you like it. Doesn't matter if I like it. In fact, I don't know how to say this, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I wished everybody was going to heaven. <laughs> but Jesus said, I, I do. I really do. I mean, I, I don't like this scripture. I don't care. I don't care for it. But just because I don't like it and just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. It doesn't matter if you like it or I like it. What matters is that we find this narrow way and go to heaven. That's what matters. I mean, is there anybody else on the radio saying this? I don't know. I really don't know. The way those guys talk, everybody's going to heaven. But Jesus said they weren't. You see, that's why it's important, if you're in a church that doesn't have biblical judgment going on, get out as fast as you can before you're lulled to sleep by this this false teaching. I should read a little more out of Matthew 7. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. This is verse 20 now of Matthew 7. And verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You say, Pastor, Pastor Bob, you're being awful judgmental tonight. I'm not. I'm not. It's the word of God. I'm just reading it. I'm not making it up. Jesus said, not everybody that's going to say, Lord, Lord's going to heaven. But he said, only them that do the will of his father. And let me tell you how to start out with that. You've got to repent of your sins. That means to surrender, confess your sins to Jesus, surrender your life to him. After that, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. The word baptism means to immerse. That's what it means. If you've been sprinkled as a baby, you've never, ever been baptized. And in the name of Jesus, which is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. This is the beginning of doing the will of Jesus, what he said of my Father, which is in heaven. I can already hear people saying, well, what about 1 Samuel 16, 6, where, or verse 7, where the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You know what that verse is really saying? That is one of the most misunderstood and misquoted verses in the Bible. It's not Samuel wasn't looking at David when he said that. You, you check me out on this. He wasn't looking at David and misjudging David as, oh, here, look at that little spoilt of a brat kid. No. He was looking at Eliab, the oldest of the family, who looked like the perfect specimen to become a king. And God told Samuel, you can't look at the outside and see if he's good or not. Because <coughs> I'm going to refuse that one. 
You see, it's the opposite of what people are saying. They say that you know your your life is full of 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 um, I mean, just full of inconsistency. I mean, there isn't evidence to prove that you're Christian, and then you're mad at anyone that says you're not one. Well, here again. If you're not claiming to be one, I'm not going to say anything except I'm going to have you over for dinner and love you and you know invite you to our church potluck. But when you start coming to God, judgment must begin at the house of God. In 1 Samuel, the six brothers of David came one by one before Samuel, and the Lord told Samuel, these guys are not cutting the mustard. And David stood before Samuel, and God and, and God told Samuel, "There he is, right there." Abe, you know I'm running out of time, but why don't you um, give us some uh, information on how to get a hold of us during the week? Well, this is the New Life Pentecostal Church, or we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church, and um, you can visit us, visit our church. Our church address is 501 Elks Drive. That's in Dickinson, North Dakota. Um, on Sunday mornings, there's Sunday school, adult um, Bible study at 10 o'clock a.m. And there's children's Sunday school as well at 10 o'clock a.m. on Sunday morning. And at 11 o'clock a.m. is our worship service. And you can join us for that at the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Also on Wednesday night, there is a worship service at 7.30. And the address to that, again, is 501 Elks Drive, and North Dakota, Dickinson, North Dakota. Um, if you're from the Beulah area, there's a Pentecostal or an Apostolic Church in the Beulah, in Beulah, and that church is called the Truth Community Church. Their address is 220 3rd Street Northwest, and they have service every Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and they have Sunday school um, on Wednesdays at seven o'clock. And that's at the that's in Beulah at the Truth Community Church. There's um, a couple daughter works out of out of our church, and um, one of those is in Beach, North Dakota, and they hold services every Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center. Um, that's in Beach, but. Uh, every Tuesday night at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center. Brother Joe Hostetler is the pastor there. And um, just join them for worship. If you Also in Bowman, North Dakota, there's the Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Um, and the address for that church is 18 North Main in Bowman, North Dakota. Brother Seth is the pastor there. And... Um, Join them for service every Thursday night at 7.30. Um, if you would like to get a hold of Pastor Bob Simons, you can call or text him. His cell phone number is 701-290-7862. Or you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Hey, thank thank you, Abe, and uh, 
did a good job playing that song and, and running the controls tonight. I uh, just want to do a shout out to Yvonne from Bowman. She's um, she uh, says always says such nice things to me. She texts me, and she's one of our charter members, I guess, in that new church in Bowman. And uh, boy, she's got a really neat story of how she came in contact with this truth. Uh, really, really neat, and I just appreciate her listening and and the nice things she says about me. So far, I haven't got anybody to really be mad at me tonight, at least on texting. Hopefully, everybody understood what I was saying. We don't judge the people that are not Christians. We don't judge them. But once we start with God, our local church begins to judge us. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's God's plan. You know what? To anybody out there that possibly has a bad attitude tonight, let me just tell you this. This this is for me, okay? I I don't want, I personally do not want to wait till judgment day, till the final judgment, till the great white throne judgment, to find out that I, I was lost. I want to know now so I can do something about it. If you are going to a church where they are too chicken to tell you that you're wrong, get out of the church. Get out of it. You know what? There is a assurance. I I love preaching. I love when the preacher gets my number. I still love it. Now, I'm a pastor, and I don't get to hear preaching as much as I probably would like to. But I went to a conference in Minot here just recently, and I got to hear preaching. And I love it when the preacher gets my number. Do you know why? Because God is disciplining me. And you know what that lets me know? That let me lets me know I'm one of His sons. When I read the the book of in in the book of uh, in Acts chapter, I believe it's Acts chapter five, or Acts chapter four. Is it or is it Acts chapter three? I should know this. The story of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter, and God killed him. You know, um, the, um, you know, this, this, I mean, God killed him. Now, the reason I like that story is because I haven't been perfect since I've come to God either, and he didn't kill me. You know why? Because I think God thinks there's still hope for me. There, there's still hope for me. You know, God loves his children enough to discipline them, to warn them, to tell them they're wrong. He loves them enough. And he loves you enough. If you're not on God's team today, he's not judging you. But God wants you on his team. And once you get on his team, he's going to start judging you in this life, so that you can be the very best child of God that you can be. That's what the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson is all about. Just trying to get a group of people to heaven. That's all we're doing. We're trying to, we want to do what's right. We want to please God. We want to live holy. That's all we're doing. We're not criticizing you. We're not criticizing anyone else. 
But when, we, when you come to our church, get ready. Get ready because you're going to go on a ride to become the very best person that you can be. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, God, I hope that and I pray that people will take this in, in the spirit of what I, how I meant it and, and, and not have their religious training get it all goofed up. Lord, we know that you love us, and we know that your word says judgment must begin at the house of God. Lord, I pray that you help me never to stop because of the pressure that is out there to stop. Lord, and I know that you're going to keep sending people that have a desire to change and to learn and to to become better. Lord, I know that you're going to keep sending them. And I just pray that you'll help all of us to have that attitude. The attitude of, of a learner, Lord. We just pray in the name of Jesus today. Come see me Wednesday night. That's our next service. 501 Elks Drive. Pastor Bob here. Lord willing, I'll be back Sunday night. That's after Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving this Thursday. Hope that you can spend it with your family. If you can't spend it with your family, invite your neighbor over. Do something. Try to be with somebody. Have a good meal. God bless you. Good night.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.